0: Hit me.
1: From Studio P, Sausalito, home of the hit, it's time for Sucker Tash. The number one comedy podcast about comedy. Podcast. And here's your host, internationally recognized comedy podcast commentator, Mark Hershon.
2: Yes, Epi 34 of Succotash, the comedy podcast podcast, and I am still your host, Mark Hershon. Management still hasn't fired me, and I am going to stay until they do. I have a cornucopia of clips for you this time around. Mostly new, a few old faces, and no really big shows this time around. I'm talking the shows that get the lion's share of the attention on iTunes, Stitcher, and other places, including reviews in the newspapers and online. And we certainly play plenty of those clips you know, from these shows for good reason. They're entertaining. The talent on them is familiar to audiences. And I often know a lot of the players personally, they churn out content, making it easy to snag a slice. But there are a lot of comedy podcasts out there that get short shrift, little notice, or just plain ignored. I've been getting more and more clips sent in by the little guys, as I'll call them. No offense. And I've been making an effort to beat the bushes for the harder to find podcasts myself. If you're a comedy podcaster and want to get a clip on Succotash, just email me a three to five minute MP3 snippet from your show. Send it to clip at com, or clips at com, or Mark, M-A-R-C at com. and you spell Succotash, S-U-C-C-O-T-A-S-H. You should know that since you're listening, you must have downloaded us from somewhere. Normally I do a bunch of business up top, but that gets boring. I'm going to toss it out along the way this time, so let's just get started with I Am Idiot. Now, I've featured I Am Idiot from Britain before. Funny show with funny guys, and I've got a clip submitted recently from them that goes longer than what we normally play. But this one was pretty entertaining. So I'm going to make an exception Ben from I am idiot. Uh, It's Ben Howard and Keith, by the way, Ben in his uh, email says, Hey Mark, if you fancy, it's about 10 minutes long and is possibly the best thing we've done. If you listen to the ravings of our listeners, it's a Mel Gibson prank call. Howard from the show has to mention as many Mel Gibson films in a phone conversation as possible. Well,
3: let's rock. Coming up from Dorset, moved up to London, made good friends with a couple of fucktards. One's called Kapus, the other is Ben. Going to smoke on both, but I don't know when. My name is Howard. Howard, what have you been up to this week? Pretty bored. How have you? Ben, few? and. Um, Being out of work. Looking and, uh, you know, metaphorically twiddling, mm. I sort of came up with a, a challenge to myself, which I will extend to you in, in due course. Good. And That challenge was um, pick a Hollywood star. Yeah. And uh, pick a shop or a business. Combine the two <laughs> in uh, what I'm calling Hollywood Bingo. Okay. Brilliant. And um, all you have to do is you have to um, get you know your Hollywood celebrity. I've taken uh, Mel Gibson. Good. And uh, what I've done is I've uh, I've phoned a, a spa. <laughs> and um, what I've tried to do is get um, all. Or as many as possible have of uh, Mel Gibson's film titles into my conversation with the spa, and I've done that, and I've recorded it. Um,
4: okay, the, that's excellent. That's a, that's that, quite a challenge. It's quite a
3: challenge. I mean, there are there are there are forty five Mel Gibson films. Okay.
4: Oh right. In here's,
3: total, that's Okay. I've I've um you know just to draw attention to some of the ones that obviously were always going to be a bit more of a challenge. Yeah, um, <laughs> I never promised you a rose garden. That's hard. Um, Attack Force said. Uh, Mrs. Soffle, The Man Without a Face, uh, <laughs> Pocahontas, uh, Fairy Tale of True Story, Who Killed the Electric Car, and The Beaver.
5: Okay, good.
3: So there, those are a few of the trickier ones. I mean, ones. to be honest,
4: his latest film, Get the Gringo. <laughs> yeah, that's not the easiest either. that's good.
3: To aid the, to aid the listener, um, there's a little sound effect that they'll hear. Which will signify a film title because you won't have heard of all of them. So, um, should we find out how I got on?
4: Let's go. I can't fucking wait.
3: Dialing.
6: So I'll tick them off as we go. Mm-hmm. Right?
3: Yeah. They're in the throat there.
6: Good. It's good.
4: Need so to clear your
3: throat. Need to be ready. Okay.
0: Pick up. Jesus.
7: Good afternoon, spa reservations speaking. How can we help?
3: Oh, hi there. Do you do um, gift packages for the spa?
7: Uh, Yeah, we do have gift vouchers available. Um, Or do you mean products?
3: Well, it's my wife's birthday coming up, and I wondered about basically setting her up with some kind of um, package day or something. Okay, yeah, we do have them our fourth spa
7: day, which is access from 7 o'clock in the morning until 10 o'clock in the evening a two-course lunch and a one-hour treatment, and these would be available Monday to
6: Friday.
3: Right. I, I'm basically, I need to sort her out an amazing present. I've got a bit of a conspiracy theory about this, because on Father's Day, um, <laughs> all the wives sorted us guys out with an amazing golf day, and then dinner at the Chili Con Carne Club, and now it's payback, I reckon. So, um, so I, norm- I, to be honest, I'm a bit new to all this. Normally, I get my PA, Mrs. Soffle, to do it, but she's actually... Uh, she's gone home to Scotland for a holiday to make oh, okay. sure it, that she is doing a brave part thing. But I don't think it'll wash if I do it, so I'm gonna have to go Maverick and do it myself. But could I kind of sort of get you to break down a little bit more what's involved?
7: Yeah, yeah, that's absolutely fine. So, for the treatments that we offer, we do have um, either full body massages, facials, body scrubs, body wraps, manicures or pedicures. And then if she did want to add any waxing or any beauty treatments, we do also have those available as well.
3: Right. And, I mean, obviously, you know, she's probably into the kind of keeping herself forever young kind of thing with the beauty treatments. I mean, what what are those beauty treatments? Because, again, I'm a bit in the dark about this. Yes,
7: so that we would have available let me see for you we have the eyebrow shape um or the eyelash tinting um eyebrow tinting or then nice. the um the combination of the two yeah and then 50 minute <laughs> manicure or pedicure and it's our artistic two-week um treatment or the champagne and it- mandarin manicure or pedicure for the 60
3: minutes Oh, right. Okay, and do you have, like, magazines and stuff they can read when they're lounging around? She likes Grazia. I mean, it's it's hardly Hamlet, but she does like it, is it? <laughs> yeah, so we
7: have all the relaxation areas where there are magazines available. If she did have any particular magazines or books that she'd like to bring with us, that's
3: absolutely fine. Okay, and what about massages? Do you do sort of special ones where you put stones and gunk on or something, you know, like sort of singing detective kind of thing? Yes. or is it? we do
8: have the full
7: body massages available um, just using our general oils, Yeah. Um, but then we do have our warming stones, which is a um, stone back massage with an organic deep cleansing facial yeah and then a facial stone massage as well okay well we do have the full um stone de-stress hot Starts stone massage system, which is for the 90 minutes Starts, and that's the full body um most working on the back areas and the top of the arms with the stones
3: okay and um just to go through pricing again like what it is last year for her birthday i said she could have like a sort of mad, max out on my credit card. But okay. that thing's a lethal weapon in her hands and it was too much. So um, this would be good. Treatments, um, I know that's what women want. Um, and then I might sort of put her up in sort of the, um, some million-dollar hotel um, down on the river there's that new Summer City one. But So the basic pack- package price, you said, was... So
7: I'm just looking if we have it in voucher format. We do have a spa day, um, which is our spa dreaming day. So if you were looking for something really special for her, that, that would Lovely. give her the full... Mm the full
3: head-to-toe treatment for No, that that sounds fantastic. I mean, what about hair removal and stuff like that? I mean, if she wants to do the the beaver, sorry, you know, the old bikini waxing, um, (laughs) is that an extra thing that she would do on the day, or can I include that in a sort of voucher price? Um, With
7: the vouchers, um, there wouldn't be a set one for that. It would just be the set hour... times that we do have but you can always add those on additional
3: i mean the whole it does the whole waxing thing does sound horrific but i know she's i don't know why women don't just have a Turkish <laughs> shave i had a, had one of those once and I, fe- I felt you know i went in feeling like something out of a chicken run at the end of my garden and <laughs> and the, the blade is like a lethal weapon too but i came out feeling great closest shave ever like the man without a face but i know that girls like the waxing thing <laughs> yes, so yeah. that, she,
7: she can always add that on um once um, she has the vaccine,
3: she can always add that on additional. She's okay, I was, we had a bit of a time of it, because so, we, we met, we were soldiers um, in Gallipoli, and I, well, I was a soldier, um, not far, <laughs> it was the Year of Living Dangerously, I called it, I wasn't there for long, but I was in Attack Force Z, and that was disbanded, and I was flying home on Air, Air America, oh, okay. and she was there in my seat, a stewardess, oh. well, was, not a fairy tale, it's a true story, yeah. but it's... Um, and then, sort of afterwards, is there like a a bar where they can have a drink, you know maybe like a tequila sunrise or something like that yeah
7: so there is um the champagnes and wines available, and then after the spa day they can head over to our Ascot bar.
9: Okay. Um,
7: which does have um a whole range of different cocktails, and then um the wines and the champagnes in there as
3: well for them. Okay. What so? What time does the main thing close? Because you know it's a chain reaction, isn't it? Have one, she'll want another one. So what's the kind of what are the what time does it close? For, for
7: the st- Day, it's access <laughs> from seven o'clock in the morning until ten o'clock in the evening. Yeah. Um. So they can either leave um if the, she was coming with friends at ten o'clock or leave before that to head over to the Ascot Bar. Um. The Ascot Bar it would be um open for most of the evening.
3: Sorry, can you just bear with me? Um. So uh, there's a um a man I need to speak to has just walked <laughs> past <laughs> window. Sorry. Hold on. Sorry. Wait. <laughs> hey. oh, Pocahontas. Get the green go to organise a brainstorm and find out who will kill the electric car, all right? <laughs> Four. Bosh. Yeah, sorry. that was cheating. Sorry, in the, right <laughs> in the middle of a crazy work day. Um, I'm not. In terms of transport, are you guys easy to find? Are there signs to where you are from... Cause, um, We're
7: just on the, the right-hand side, um, so as long as she, she gets on that main road, she'll be able to find it quite
3: easy okay all right okay that's fine okay so if she was to go for a basic spa day and then i got got her sort of say 100 pounds of vouchers what's the bounty for that what's the damage how, how much would that be
7: yeah so the um the normal spa day would be the 180 pounds yeah and then um for the 100 pounds extra yeah um, most of our treatments they do range from 95 pounds to 100 pounds
3: okay but
7: once she's got all these vouchers if she just calls us we'll be able to advise her how best use them, Okay. Um, what, she, what she can get from all
3: of that. Okay, she will love it. I got an, uh, I got her actually an ironing board one year when we first <laughs> met, as a joke. She wasn't amused. I mean, I'll never promise you a rose garden, I said, but I do want them to have a special time. She'll probably take a mate as well. Okay. I mean, I'm thinking maybe I could arrange sort of paparazzi outside or something just to take photos <laughs> to make it really... Um, so, yeah, I might have to tell um, Mad Max too, that's my mate. I think he's So, tragically, oh. at that point I had a technological breakdown. I can confirm that I did manage to go on to say that at Golf Day, Mad Max um he was a great golf golfer, but that day he was um, Mad Max beyond the Thunderdome. Um, he even hit a bird on the wire and it was deliberate. So we had to pay our caddy caddy a ransom or a bribe rather not to tell. And then I went to say, Oh by the way, my name's Tim Tim and I finished yep. by saying, Oh, one final thing, could you sort out an argument which do you think is better, Lethal Weapon Three or Lethal Weapon Four? And she just said, oh, do you know what? I don't think I've seen either of them. And that was it. And did you book a spa day? No, because then she said, you have to phone up a booking line. Uh. So it was, it was totally easy. And the sum effort of that was, um, that although we missed seven on that recording, uh. I got um, all of them, apart from, unfortunately, due to a clerical error on my part, yeah. I missed out at the Edge of Darkness.
6: Oh, you could have got that in. If I, I could have easily got that in next to got the beaver. beaver. Yeah,
3: in there. So my challenge to you, Ben, All is right. to match a Hollywood star and a phone call recipient, and um, see what you can do.
4: Well, I've to, I have two feelings about this. One, one feeling is yes, I will accept that challenge. But my second, more overriding feeling is an enormous sense of pride <laughs> of, what you, of what you've done. Yeah, i think thanks yeah this, this is some of our most
3: in- idiotic work yet
6: it is it's raised yeah. the bar
2: truly pointless which is like all the best things <laughs> find more of those guys at iamidiotcentral.com itunes and they're also up on soundcloud which is carrying a lot uh, of podcasts more and more every uh, every day it seems uh, please remember to rate us. If you get a chance, love the reviews we get on iTunes. It really helps with visibility. So please click over there, give us some stars. And if you have a minute, dash off a sentence or two about how Succotash is changing your life for the better. If you're a Stitcher Smart Radio listener, you can give us a thumbs up. That helps. And please like Succotash Show on Facebook and follow us at Succotash Show on Twitter. Lee Camp is a comedian with a bit of an activist bent, very active in the Occupy movement, and he has a podcast, Moments of Clarity, which is also the title for his videos. Lee's uh, about 158 episodes into his podcast, so he's got this thing down. Interviews, guests, rants—it's a pretty heady and often revolutionary blend he offers. Here's a piece called. I mean, Fight there's no Back.
10: reason to be positive. We've, we're still in the middle of this corporate raping and pillaging of the world that we've all just accepted, like it's a black-eyed peas song. It's like, well, it's, guess it's going to be around for a while. Might <laughs> we'll as well pretend like we like it. Resistance is futile. You know, and, and that's why Occupy is so exciting. Occupy Wall Street is fucking incredible because there's people standing up against that shit. It's a it's a mental and look whether right and 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 whether it's called the same thing in six months, whether it's changed, the fucking floodgates are open now. It's a mental awakening, all right? People are tired of greed over good, of profitable pollution over people, of war for wealth, of the welfare of average citizens. And that's what it is. It's about fucking standing up against this shit. Because the people that caused the 2008 collapse, they're richer than they've ever been. None of them are in jail. Now they're going after fucking teacher benefits and shit. Like, really? Teachers are fucking heroes. Teachers deal with those little Shitheads all day long and they get paid less than the guy at the zoo in charge of making sure the hippos fuck. Like really? And they go after teachers and and, and, and they're going after unions. And look, unions have some problems like any large entities do, okay? But unions are also responsible for tiny, forgettable things like a weekend and like a nine-to-five if you have it. Healthcare if you have it. Getting kids out of the workplace alone was crucial because they're fucking annoying. And they're shitty workers. They don't know what they're doing. They're hitting all kinds of buttons on the factory floor, lopping dudes arms off. Like, what do you mean whoopsie? You've worked here three years since you were two. You should have this shit down by now. So we gotta stand up. There's you know, there's big ways to fight back, like protests. There's little ways too. Like like if your job steals your health care, just steal their staplers. Just like, take their fucking staplers. Yeah, I might not get the liver transplant I need, but good luck of fixing two pieces of paper together, you twatlickers, right? Just little shit. Streak through a board meeting or slip a photo of your ball sack into the PowerPoint presentation. You're not gonna know whose sack it was, right? this little shit fucking you know uh, uh, take your family on a vacation to the oil covered beaches of the gulf of mexico take a bunch of christmas card photos send one to the head of bp and write happy hanukkah this oil's lasted more than 8 days it's a miracle <laughs> this little shit right If you work for one of the chain franchise restaurants, you know, I know you need a job, but just, they they, they fucking homogenized and sodomized our culture. Just give shit away for free. Just give shit away. Just fucking food, napkin dispensers, whatever. And and, and people... (laughs) If the boss was like, what's going on? Be like, oh, Table 5 didn't like their trademark chicken pot pie rooney, so I gave them a free cheesecake rooney And whatever the fuck. You know, you don't, you don't owe them anything. What, because they stopped calling you waiters and started calling you associates or friends of the family or franchise cuddle bunnies? Yeah, it's too bad the slave owners didn't know that trick 200 years ago. Hey, we're going to stop calling you slaves and start calling you friends of the plantation <laughs> or associates or something. You know, and take your money out of the big banks that fucked us, put it in a little bank, put it in a milk carton, and if you want to feel like you're at a big bank, every time you take money out of the milk carton, flush a dollar fifty down the toilet and smack your grandmother. You'll feel just like you're at a big bank. Also, this works. Go into one of the big banks, say you want to open a business account, and then when you're sitting in that little office with them, just slowly start taking a dump in your pants. Never mention it, maintain eye contact, just sit there Just let the smell fill the entire place, you know? If they want to shit on America, then it's going to come right back at them. Just be a thorn in their side, a wrench in the gears, a herpes sore on their lip, right? It it might not kill them, but a million herpes sores will make them rethink who they're fucking. It'll work. It'll work.
2: Get yourself more Lee Camp at LeeCamp.net, also on iTunes. Sweet Feathery Jesus is a cross-country transatlantic affair with hosts in Texas, North Carolina, and England. That would be Belasco, Dr. P, and Booze. Some listeners seem to think that Belasco and I sound alike. not sure about that, but the trio of them are interesting guys sitting around on the Internet talking. Booze
4: needed to mention a new friend that we found online. Yeah, it's a guy called Antonio Martez. He's a photographer, apparently. And uh, he's a very confident young man.
0: Mm-hmm. Most definitely.
4: Or he's just read a book <laughs> with a load of platitudes in it and he tweets them. It's hard to tell. But I think he's into that whole cosmic ordering business.
8: Oh, he most Something. certainly is. Like yeah, a secret he... or like manifesting your destiny or That's mastery it. or any of those. Yeah. Yeah.
4: So he tweets things about his photography and how great he is and the odd one about God and stuff. You know, he don't take all the credit himself. <laughs> but um, I thought we could have a little segment called The Tweets of Antonio Martez.
11: I'm Antonio Martez, and these are my
4: tweets. The idea is I'm going to read out three tweets, and you've got to decide which one is not an Antonio Martez tweet.
9: Mm. Which one is not?
4: Which one is the bogus Martez?
9: Okay. okay.
4: Which one is the Martez ringer? Number one, is it A, success is the child of audacity, success is the child of audacity. Is it B, we ourselves feel that what we are doing is just a drop in the ocean, but the ocean would be less because of that missing drop. Or is it C, your bullets cannot harm me, my wings are like a shield of steel.
0: Okay, I think C is definitely an Antonio Martez tweet because bullets, it does not surprise me that bullets would show up in some of his uh, platitudes. And that he's got wings.
8: You're right. This is pretty much impossible.
4: It is, in fact, C.
0: Oh, you're Yeah, I
4: know. It was a tricky one. All right, number two. Is it A, I step into the world to live my mission in every word and action? Is it B? Another word for God is faith, hope, and love. Mm. Which, you know, that's three words. But <laughs>
0: or
4: is it C, I am going helicopter shopping with Elvis? Is it A, is it B, or is it C? He would say all those things.
8: <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go out on a limb and say B.
4: Unfortunately <laughs> it is C. Helmets uh, uh, helicopter. Number three. Is it A, I have great business sense. Is it B I deserve to have and enjoy prosperity and affluence in my life? Or is it C I can crush a Mr Softy ice cream truck between my knees, mash it into a rudimentary disc shape, and hurl it into the fiery nuclear heart of the sun <laughs> <laughs> A B or C.
0: Honestly, I'm not sure he knows uh, the word rudimentary, so. It's too humble, rudimentary. <laughs> he would have
4: mashed it into a perfect dish shape and hurled it into the fiery behind <laughs> the sun, of course. So, to clue it out. so, yeah, it was, it was C. Me and Blasco so, tied up, going into the home stretch. <laughs> What's the final one? Jesus. Well, of course, the real winner is Antonio Martes.
11: I'm Antonio Martes, and these are my tweets.
1: such children s f-, f j
2: that sweet feathery jesus check him out at sweetfeatheryjesus.com itunes and youtube as well you know, I don't just podcast about comedy podcasts, I review them too. I'm part of This Week in Comedy Podcast, the crew over on Splitsider.com, and we review a slate of different podcasts every week. This week I give a listen and a thumbs up to Comedy Bang Bang with Scott Aukerman and his guests Lizzie Kaplan, John Mullaney, and Nick Kroll. Just go to Splitsider.com or you can click to it from the link on our home site at SuckatashShow.com. We've got a twofer coming up, courtesy of Matthew Dean, who's the co-host and executive producer of both podcasts. Well, he's actually the host of the second one. The first is the Spoodcast, the teaser for which on their home site reads, Two Americans, one Canadian, and one American living in Canada walk into a bar. There's no punchline. That's the Spoodcast. One of the others is named Joel I have no idea who the other two guys are, but here's a sample of the Spoodcast. Here's
9: the funny thing about gun people, except it's not funny. Here's the funny thing about gun people in the U.S. You can't, like, talk about guns. If you're like, you know, I'm not sure if a four-year-old should have a three-day waiting period for an Uzi. They're like, oh, my God, you're just taking a shit on the Constitution. You just pissed on my grandma's grave. She's buried under the Constitution. <laughs> she got a good spot. Yeah, <laughs> Did, that's why <laughs> Nicholas Cage went to go find the grave of his grandmother. She's buried under the Wait, Constitution. I think. I think there's a grave. Wait, there's a under treasure the map. There's a treasure map in her skull <laughs> on the back of my grandma. Grandmother. There's a map on I her think back on her dry her land. Island. <laughs> I have to put grandma's. Head in an oven and the treasure map will show up. They they drew it in invisible ink. <laughs> throw grandma in the oven. <laughs> I think she has an invisible tattoo. If we strip the corpse naked, we could probably find it. <laughs> strip grandma naked and throw it in the oven so we can get the treasure. Quick, we have to have sex with her corpse. What? What's that? <laughs> just just because. Just, just do it. Look, I'm tired, I've had a long day, just don't question me. Look, it's been a while. I I swear there's treasure if we just do that. There's sex. gonna be so much treasure. Just, so much treasure. Just like Light some candles, leave the room. Just leave us alone. <laughs> it's what she would want. <laughs> <laughs> I swear it's in her will. It was in invisible ink on the back of the Declaration of Independence. Oh, Nicolas Cage. <laughs> Is there any way that you can't be made fun of? <laughs> I could eat a dead grandma for an hours.
6: <laughs>
9: <laughs> anyway, what about gun control? <laughs> Here's one thing different from the uh, U.S. and Canada is uh, apparently... We're kicking your asses. American all of our gold medals. Medal. <laughs> but apparently the American coverage is all sucky of the Olympics. Oh, yeah, That's all we terrible. hear about is N- NBC sucking and Canada's doesn't, apparently. Well, that was the best thing was uh, in the States on NBC. Uh, one of the American swimmers, Missy something, I forget her last name, uh, she was in, like, the headline race on NBC primetime. It's like, yeah, she's going for gold. And then they showed a promo where she's going to be talking to somebody on some late-night talk show. And in the promo, she was already wearing a gold medal before the race had been aired. <laughs> yep. And they just spoiled it for the whole country. NBC is a dick. Yeah. No, the problem with NBC's coverage is it's uh, from the East Coast, it's, uh, what are we, plus five here? Yep. Uh, we got yep. a message from Mars and it was 14 minutes delayed, and that's just because that's how long it takes. Well, you're saying this is already evidence of robots being better than us. Well, no, I'm saying, we have the, I'm saying robots are better than NBC. What, <laughs> what I think I'm hearing is that you're saying that NBC is actually on Jupiter. Uh, the, with the delay, that's about what right. I, what I hear you saying is that NBC is worse than uh, Nicholas Cage having sex with his dead grandmother. <laughs>
1: on Mars, yes, that's all correct.
2: Get more of the Spood at spoodcast.com. That's S-P-O-O-D C-A-S-T dot com, and also they're on iTunes. The second part of executive producer Matthew Dean's twofer is a podcast called Dr. Matt. It seems that Dr. Matt's been on a sabbatical after doing a number of earlier episodes. I think he may be coming back, however, and none too soon for my money, ever since National Treasure Bob Duca and Affirmation Nation went missing. I've Not heard any new episodes of uh, Bob Duca for, God, I don't know, I think it's been like February. I've been pining for a new self-help guru to leap onto the scene, promoting himself as half Dr. Phil, half Stephen Colbert, and half Dalai Lama. Could Dr. Matt be the answer? Let's give a listen.
12: Folks, occasionally people come into my apartment slash office looking for a change. Sometimes it's a relationship change or a job change or a living situation change or a sex change inevitably in every case what someone is actually looking for is a way to change something about themselves by changing something else let me say that again all of these things that you want to change are probably not the thing you're actually wanting to change the person who wants to change their relationship isn't coming to me for help in changing their relationship If they were, I could just have an actor call up their partner and pretend to be the mistress or manstress who is confessing a secret affair, and well, things would probably change lickety split. But after I did that one or two times, I realized it wasn't really what people are after. You see, people aren't looking for help in changing their relationship. Oh, sure, they may say that they are, but that's not where they're stuck. Where they're stuck is their relationship to the relationship, or their relationship to their job, or their town, or to their genitals. Now, I'm not saying that none of these external things are worthy of change, and you can go ahead and change all of them, although with that last one, I'd highly advise consulting a physician. What I'm saying is that step one is recognizing that what you're really talking about changing is you. Or maybe you instinctively know that you've already changed and you don't match up nicely with what's around you or dangling from you. The point is, folks, that by making your change about one or more of those things around you, you may be overcomplicating what it is that you actually need. In fact, based on the people I meet with regularly, I guarantee you're making it more complicated than it is. Because compared to all those other things, changing yourself is a heck of a lot easier. Pop used to say, the difference between people and cows is that cows know that it's a lot easier to leap forward once you let go of your milk. I'm not sure what that has to do with change, but he seemed to always say that cow thing when I wanted things to be different. Anyway, instead of trying to first change the things around you that have a relationship to you... Do the easy and lazy way, which is to change your relationship to those things. You can change the rest after that, but chances are they'll change anyway. Except your genitals. They tend to sort of stay the same, unfortunately. Just my thoughts. I'm Dr. Matt.
2: Check in with Dr. Matt at thedrmatt.com. That's uh, just Dr. The DR Matt M-A-T-T and on iTunes we played a clip uh, two episodes ago when Phil Larness was our guest co-host uh, from Combat Radio and they have been singing our praises on Twitter ever since so thanks guys uh, I asked Sergeant at Arms Ethan Dettenmeyer for another little taste of the show and he shot over this short blast with Captain Cool Billy D. Williams uh, for us to play just for you
10: you're listening to Combat Radio with Ethan Dettenmeyer,
0: right here on LA Talk Radio.
11: The first question you you do a lot of these. I know you're the press is uh, magnetized by you, uh, but uh, my first question, I guess, would be um, one of a rather serious nature, which is, what's it like just being so awesome?
13: Is that difficult? And that's a serious. That's what's a it ser- like?
11: What's it like getting up in the morning and being Billy D. Williams, <laughs> being like, yeah.
8: <laughs> uh, I, mean... <laughs> I think it's rather wonderful, Bill.
10: <laughs> you're listening to Combat Radio with Ethan Dettenmeyer. On your computer, right on your wi radio, radio, on
14: your iPhone, commercial-free original talk. Only on L.A. Talk Radio, your
2: favorite talk station. Wow, talk Billy D. Williams on this show. I should try and really get them on. That would be so cool. Uh, That's uh, from combatradio.net. They're also on iTunes. And also they've got a number of their pieces up on YouTube uh, because they video their show. We played a snippet from a new-to-us podcast, The Brit and the American, a few episodes ago. And while I always like it when we get acknowledged in some way that a show we featured has hurt us, sometimes we get a little bit more like this. Why are you singing suck-a-tash, about food?
8: Suck-a-tash,
14: suck-a-tash. I'm not singing about food.
8: Suck-a-tash, suck-a-tash. suck-a-tash is suck-a-tash. corn and lima beans and it's an American food dish. Why are you singing what? about food? What is it? It's corn and lima beans mixed together and it's called suck-a-tash. Maybe to you That's not to, to me. the world. To me
14: it's one of the best uh, comedy podcasts that reviews comedy podcasts. It, what? <laughs> they're they're a podcast.
8: Uh-huh.
14: Right? And they review comedy podcasts, so they, they are really helpful in the podcast world of comedy. They're not a food. It is food. Maybe to you. It's not a food to me.
8: <laughs> it's not a food to you. No, no, no. Okay. So this guy reviews podcasts.
14: Comedy podcasts.
8: On a podcast.
14: Yeah, on That's a podcast. Genius. It's <laughs> genius.
8: That's genius. I love it.
14: And they did a, they did actually a review for us.
8: Did they? The Britain American—they put yeah. us out. Yeah. Hello. They liked
14: us, and they gave us a few tips as well, which I've been following.
8: Nice. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So even he even comes back to you and, and gave us a few tips.
14: Yeah, yeah. He's really committed to world of comedy podcasts.
8: I really like this guy. Suck it, dash. Suck it, dash. Suck it, Suck it, Suck it, that, Suck it, Suck it, Suck it,
2: well, that was very flattering. Thank you, Tom Moore and Alba Lewis. Find them at thebritandtheamerican.com dot or on iTunes. It is time to dip into the tweet sack. Ah, sweet, sweet tweet sack. Try saying that three times fast in a row. Uh, first out of the tweet sack is at Chicken Dick. This is John from the Truth or Truth podcast. I'm starting a new show. This one, and we'll start. Uh, we'll send you a clip within a week. I asked him what was going on, uh, and John said, one of our hosts had to stop doing truth or truth to refocus on other things. So I reached to a funny lady, at L Moggle, to start a new one. It'll be a similar format. Nothing is sacred. We might have a few regular segments. So uh, check out Chick and Dick, and we will do the same. Uh, They should be up and running shortly. From at Barrel House Red, a.k.a. Tom Beavis, a.k.a. the host of Dysfunctional Asphyxiation podcast and blog, he says. Left the actual password to my router on at succotash show voicemail. If Mark airs it, feel free to steal my Wi-Fi in El Cajon, California. Well, when I checked out the succotash hotline, it's not voicemail. God damn it! There were some spooky noises. The router Wi-Fi password is advertised, and a threat to my personal safety and well-being. Unless I played more clips from select podcasts. Hmm. Do I like being threatened? I'm not sure, but here's the call.
11: provided to you by Destination Asphyxiation. I'm Tom Beavis with Sam Garza. Say hello, Sam. Hello, Sam. And I've got a list of demands of podcasts. You have to play more on your show or else you may find that you have to get a repair for your car in the brakes department. The podcasts are Tiny Out Conversations, From Out of Nowhere, Don't Quit Your cast Doghouse Bastards, Royal and Doodle, and The d Factor. Thanks for all your hard work, Mark. Also, I forgot the secret password is New Guinea.
2: Ooh, Tom Beavis, you're a you're a threat, I can tell. Uh, <laughs> back in the tweet sack, uh, this time from over on Facebook, our recent guest co-host Phil Larness of the Chill Pack Hollywood Hour uh, sent me a message that he's enjoying my book. For those of you who don't know it, that's the business book I co-authored a couple of years ago called I Hate People, all about dealing with idiots and morons in the workplace. At least that's what I wanted the subtitle to be. The publisher liked, uh, the, <laughs> the publisher liked the I hate people part, but made the subtitle kick loose from the overbearing and underhanded jerks at work and get what you want from your job. Now me and my co-author actually wrote that, but we wanted a much shorter one. Anyway, glad you're enjoying the hate, Phil. And thanks for the shout out about it on chill pack. If you want to check out the book, I've thrown a link up on the dot show.com home site in the right-hand column. And you can even donate to the cause now at Suckatash. If you scroll down a bit further on our website, you'll find an Amazon link that will take you to their site. But everything that you order by getting there from here will give us a few pennies on the dollar. So shop smart, shop Succotash smart. That's right. So go to Amazon.com through SuccotashShow.com. Uh, Finally, a shout-out to Succotash Irish correspondent Frank Cronin. He was here in the studio with Dana Carvey a few episodes back, but he's back in Ireland now, Galway City to be exact, and that's where he's looking to complete a college degree. He's a little tapped out from his world travels and is finding a place to camp near the campus, literally camp like a homeless person until he gets his finances in order he's chronicling this latest adventure on YouTube on his Glowpunk channel. So check it out and see if he survives the experience. We'll have a link to his first video up on the SuckatashShow.com home site. That does it for the Tweet Sack until next time. In the meantime, here's something from our good friends at Henderson's.
1: Treasured friends, remember how silly and retarded old Grandpa looked waddling around the house with his pants pulled up to his chest while jiggling so much change in his pockets? You thought he might just secretly be one of those street corner Santas? Well, you never have to be jealous of Gramps again thanks to Henderson's new high-waisted hip-huggers. With today's young people fast running low on yesterday's styles to rip off and pretend that they invented them, Henderson's high-waisted hip-huggers are here just in time to put the hip back into hipster. Whether you sport a belt or suspenders, a vest or scraggly mustache, our hip-huggers are perfect for that seedy yet sassy, fresh-from-the-second-hand-store look. And to complete the look, Henderson's has laced each and every pair of high-waisted hip huggers with the smell of mothballs and elders' urine. Even though these trousers are brand spanking new, your most dickish and judgmental friends won't be able to tell that your new pants were not recently worn by the deceased. Originally designed for Wilfred Brimley, Ed Grimley imitators, and endorsed by TV's lovable curmudgeon, the late William Frawley, Henderson's high-waisted hip-huggers are available wherever people get their clothes out of a bin on the sidewalk. That's Henderson's, makers of fine trousers and pantaloons since 1847 and now back to Suck Tash
2: here's the debut clip on our show from a podcast called From Out of Nowhere or the Fooncast F-O-O-N cast with hosts Rob Kern and Eric Furness been a while coming as I've gotten to know Eric via Facebook and Twitter and Google Hangouts he's a former terrestrial radio personality while Rob his broadcasting partner is a musical journalist and video director the Fooncast is a music and comedy oriented show with a lot of guests such as Mark Marin, Weird Al drummer Bermuda Schwartz, Marshall Crenshaw, and Dan Baird. Here's a clip featuring the guy's visit with Blue Oyster Cult singer-guitarist Eric Bloom, and they ask him about the infamous SNL More Cowbell sketch.
5: One of the things I think maybe a younger generation uh, may, may know uh, Blue Oyster Cult from, and, and I see that people put it on uh, your Facebook wall all the time, is that more cowbell skit. Are you sick of that thing yet?
11: No. No, uh, th- that was actually very, very good for us. Um, it was, uh, I uh, we didn't know about it. You know, uh, I actually was sitting in the same spot I'm sitting in right now in front of my TV and um, was I had a Saturday night off and I'm a big fan of SNL and I saw it live myself and had no idea it was going to be on.
8: Now, what kind of kick is that when that just popped up?
11: Well, you know, I, I my jaw dropped. <laughs> first of all, you, you think they're going to cut you a new asshole, first of all. You know, you have no idea what they're going to do to you. You know, are they going to mock you? Are they going to... Praise you, or you know they're gonna make fun of you. You know you have no idea. I mean, usually it's satire, you know, and and it's but they 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 could have put us in a in a in a in a bad light, but actually it came off kind of cool.
5: Yeah, because Will Ferrell's sort of like copying your look. He's playing the cowbell in there, and Chris Catan was was actually playing you with no resemblance whatsoever to the actual Eric Bloom. I thought. Um, Well,
11: it was it was interesting. They got it wrong. You know, they called the guy who looked like Buck Eric. (laughs) If you go back and watch it, uh, Will Ferrell says, "You mean that Eric?" and he's talking to the guy who's dressed as Buck. So they didn't know who was who. But my my favorite is. Horatio Sands is Joe Bouchard. <laughs> <laughs>
5: I forgot about that.
11: Oh, oh it's hilarious, you know, because obviously they must have looked at a at a promo picture or a video or something, and they they sort of tried to make everybody look like who they were, you know. And I think it was that Jimmy Fallon might be playing Lanier, and you know, um, uh, I can't re- I can't remember, but um, yeah, Will Will Ferrell is playing uh, Gene Frankel who is the cowbell player, and he sort of has my facial look, but obviously I never had my gut spilling out like that. <laughs> uh, you know, I never had a gut in, until, um, you know, the last 10 years. <laughs> <laughs> but back then I was skinny as a rail, and uh, and uh, it's kind of funny.
5: Yeah, Christopher Walken makes that skit for me, too, just, you know, in his typical well, Christopher Walken. I feel sorry Walken. for him.
11: Uh, you know, I mean, he... You know, I I read a story that he was in China somewhere years later and here's a guy like a world renowned actor who's done some amazing things in his career and people come up to him and say, More cowbells <laughs>
5: And, you know, the cowbell's in the song, but it's not like they make it out to be, you know, that it's all throughout the thing. And, you know, there's mystery uh, uh, and and intrigue about the whole cowbell part on Don't Fear the Reaper. I've heard you played it. I've heard somebody else take credit for it. I've heard... uh,
11: Well, I I know at least two other people that say they did it. You know, uh, David Lucas says he played it. Albert says he played it. Um, to, To be honest, that's funny. I just did an interview about this recently. And to my memory, I played it. However, since these other two guys said no, you're wrong. I played it. Now my own memory, I'm, I'm starting to think, did I really play it? You know, and, and but I think I did. So uh, I don't know. I got to sort of stay true to my original memory. But you know, now I think maybe I could be wrong.
2: Check them out on the web at fromoutofnowhere.com, on Twitter at fooncast, and their Facebook from out of nowhere podcast page. Comedian Steve Mudflap McGrew has been featured on Comedy Central and some other places. He's fired up a podcast of his own called Remasculate, hosted by Steve, but featuring various guests, including his wife. This thing seems to drop almost daily, so there's lots to check out. In this sample, Steve is commenting on a news article about the top ten hated jobs in America.
0: All right, let's do a little uh, story here that I found. This is the ten unhappiest jobs in America. You may have one of these. You probably are sitting there thinking, oh, my job has to be on this list. Well, I don't know. If you're – if you happily get out of bed every morning for work, well, you're one of the lucky ones, because a lot of people hate their job. And this list that I found, the ratings are based on key factors such as work-life balance, one's relationship with their boss and coworkers, their work environment, job resources, compensation, growth opportunities, the company's culture, and the daily task, and control over the work that they do daily. So here are the top ten jobs that make their workers' lives just freaking miserable. Security officer. Why? People might think that the work environment security guards often face, such as working late hours alone at night, would contribute to the unhappiness. But no, however, the data shows that the growth opportunities and lack of rewards in this field is what affects the overall sentiment around this type of job. Another one, I'm surprised at this one, another one that makes you hate your job, registered nurse. Why? Nurses have more issues with the culture of their workplace, the people they work with, and the person they work for. Any nurses out there, let me know what you think. Is that right? Number uh, number three, teacher. They found that teachers appear to be quite happy with their work and their coworkers. However, the reward of their work, lack of support, and lack of opportunities to be promoted counteract many of the good parts of the teaching job. Another hated job, another one that will make you hate your life, a sales engineer. Why? Lack of growth opportunities in the company's culture. Compensation, and there's usually not so much support. Program manager. Why? Jacqueline Smith at Ford reports that the unhappiest aspects of this job are a lack of growth opportunities, the culture of the company they work for, and the surrounding workplace support system. Marketplace manager is another hated one. Why? It's usually the people they work with and around. Director of sales. Hated job. Unhappy people. Why? Sales goals. Not meeting the goals. Projects that are put upon them. Marketing director is another one hated. The demand. Maintenance supervisor. Long hours and a lot of on-call schedules. Did your job fall in there? Were you one of those? What is your hated job? Usually it's the bosses that cause it, isn't it? You, you work for an idiot. Everybody knows that feeling. You work for an idiot. How the fuck did this person... Fail upwards. And how do they continue to keep their job when uh, a gorilla could be trained to do a better job? Coco, the signing gorilla, could actually do most of your boss's jobs. Don't you feel that way? Yeah. Or your coworker, your cubicle mate, might just be an asswipe. I like to say ass hat. That's one of my favorite new words ass hat. Don't be an ass hat. I don't even know what an ass hat is. But it's a funny-sounding word because it's a hard-sounding word. Certain words are funnier just because they sound funny. It's a hard say, like a like guacamole is a funny word. Avocado's not that funny. Guacamole sounds funny. Asshat, funny. Keep that in mind when you're trying to pick out funny words to slam your boss. The asshat.
2: <laughs> Fill up on Mudflap over at remasculate.podbean.com. And he's also on iTunes, of course. We've featured Adam Spiegelman in his Proudly Resents cult movie podcast before, and with good reason. He gets some kick-ass guests. Last time we played a taste, it was Adam and Bobcat Goldthwaite. This time around, he had a chance to chat with Tony Clifton, the sometimes alter ego of late comedian Andy Kaufman and sometimes alter ego of Bob Zamuda. This clip has a great piece of a story of Clifton talking about going to Jim Carrey's compound because Carrey was bound and determined to do an audition tape for Man in the Moon, the Andy Kaufman biopic, which of course he later starred in. Clifton, if that's his real name, had a stake on seeing the, that Nicholas Cage got the part,
13: however, uh, and he, uh, well, here's what happened. My phone rings one day. It's Jim Carrey, And he says... I made the audition tape. And before I embarrass myself in front of Miloš, will you come over to my house and see it? I said, of course. When? He says, now. He's Jim. We started here in this club. So I jump in my car. I go to Bel Air, right? fucking gates open up. We go fucking inside. Jim meets me. He takes me. Not only does a home studio, he's got a home theater, a private building that's a goddamn Movie theater. Oh. Yeah, about 200 seats on his fucking property. 200, 200 seats? It must be nice to be a one percenter. Fuck yeah. Oh yeah, <laughs> he's got this. And he's got, guys, he's got, on um, the walls of this fucking theater are his costumes behind plexiglass from uh, uh, the yes. Joker, Cable Guy, you know his cape, yes. right? It's, yeah, oh, it's Ace Ventura, it's all fucking there. Very intimidating. And I go in there, Jim's a great guy, he meets me. And he says, uh, he says, he says, let me, uh, he says, I made the audition tape. Now he's got me in the theater on that screen. He says, I got 10 minutes of phone calls. I'll get the tape. Meanwhile, on the movie screen, he's got, he's running clips from Saturday night live. and mean, the from taxi, whatnot. And I'm sitting there and he has a guy that he brought in that's doing the candy <laughs> the popcorn oh the guy's got a little hat on everything just for yeah. me so i'm like fucking filling up on this stuff you know because i figure i'm gonna say no to him because <laughs> i want nicholas cage and i'm saying to myself on the way there, driving i said whatever he shows you don't say anything good bank on just go with well, that don't say that's great say that's interesting or whatnot so now I'm in there, and I'm eating the candy, and I'm eating it, you know, like three ice cream bars back to back, and my teeth are hurting because, you know, that ice, that, that feeling. But I'm stuck because I'm going, yeah, this, no, this motherfucker is never going to talk to me again. Live it up. And I'm watching this clips of Saturday Night Live on anything. And 10 minutes later, Jim comes back, and he's got this, I'll never forget this, this little brown paper bag. And I don't know the guy that well. He says, "Well, now let me show you my audition tape." And he starts opening up the bag, <laughs> and he starts laughing like a loon. No, really, like mad, like crazy, like cable guy shit. Uh-huh. <laughs> and I'm going, "Why? How, how do you know that a fucking superstar can't be a fucking serial killer?" So yes. no, he's really maniacal, laughing, and he tears this bag over. Annie, there's nothing in the fucking bag. And he says so. What do you think of my audition tape? And he goes like this, and he points to the screen. But there was these clips from Saturday Night Live. You know who Judd Apatow is? Mm-hmm. He got Judd Apatow, who was his buddy, and they shot Jim as Andy doing from Saturday Night Live, and they. Cleverly, seamlessly edited in to the clip from Saturday Night Live. They got the curtain from Lauren Michaels and everything else. Wow. Yeah. That's what this guy went through. And I was killed. I was crying because he had captured my friend. I thought it was my friend. Uh-huh. And I said, Jim, you got the fucking role as far as I'm concerned. Catch up with Adam and the cult movie podcast over at
2: proudlyresents.com, also on iTunes. Raging moderate political comedian Will Durst wraps up this edition of Succotash with his regular feature Burst-O-Durst sounding off about the recently concluded Republican National Convention.
6: Hey guys, Will Durst here with a few words about the Republican National Convention, or its alternative title, Women with Big Hair and the Men in White Shoes Who Love Them. And white certainly was the operable word in Tampa. had to feel bad for the one black guy the networks kept cutting to during all the speeches. They tried everything to make him look like a crowd. Different camera angles, probably had his own wardrobe assistant. Put on the cowboy hat now. Okay, okay, try a handlebar mustache. And you know, this poor guy had to be some prairie state legislator's driver. The GOP calls itself the Big Tent Party, but after listening to them for three long days, sounds like a lot of us are going to have to enter that tent through the servant's flap. You gotta love political conventions. They're like professional wrestling. Sure, you know how they're gonna turn out, but every four years, it's fun to watch. Could use more body slams into the turnbuckle, though. And pretty sure a lot of people are gonna go home with a serious case of red, white, and blue poisoning. Don't know why they bother holding these circuses, since the whole shebang could be conducted at a Denny's over a Grand Slam breakfast while Mitt introduces Paul to a single lockdown pool camera. They are the spontaneity, with Truman Capote was the mule-skinning. Shiny, smooth, and seamless, like spending a three-day leave of absence with a Ken doll. But now it's on to Charlotte, where the Democrats will perform the same damn dance with a different spin. Spinning to the left, twirling to the right. At least the Democrats won't have to worry about dodging a hurricane. But scattered thunder showers are predicted for the entire duration of their carefully orchestrated boogie down. Charlotte and Tampa in the dead of summer. And these are our great political minds at work. No wonder the economy sucks. For Suckatash, the podcast of comedy podcasts, I'm Will Durst. That's going to do it for Epi 34 of
2: Suckatash. I had some clips I couldn't get to this time around, but I'll save them until next time, along with an interview I did with Sammy Wiegent, the brains and star behind the comedy web series Everybody's a Comedian. Make sure you catch that series, the sixth and final episode of Everybody's a Comedian. Uh, the first season, anyway, is about to drop on YouTube. And don't miss episode two, because I'm in it. Uh, let's see. Where else can you find Succotash, other than wherever you found it this time? Of course, we're on the web at SuckatashShow.com. We are at iTunes, of course. Uh, we are Succotash Show on your Stitcher app. You can also look for us using your PodBay app. Also, the new podcast app from Apple iTunes is a great way to find any podcast you're looking for. We are also replayed courtesy of Clutch and Wiggle Entertainment over at cweradio.com. If you would like to reach us personally, if you're a podcaster with a comedy podcast, would like to submit a three to five minute clip, you can send that to clips at succotashshow.com. You can email me personally at mark, M-A-R-C, at com. Oh, we also tweet quite a bit on Twitter, at Succotash Show. Please like our Facebook page, the Suckatash Show page on Facebook. And finally, you can call us, me, uh, at the Suckatash Show hotline at 818-921-7212. And Tom Beavis is right. It is just voicemail. All right, that's going to do it. Uh, until next time, please remember to pass the Suckatash.
1: You've been listening to Suckatash, the comedy podcast podcast with your host, Mark Hirshon. Brought to you by Henderson's Pants. And imagine your company's name right here. Find us on the web at SuckatashShow.com or at Show on iTunes. And even at Show on your smartphone, Stitcher app. Follow Suckatash on Twitter at Show. Friend Suckatash on Facebook. Email us at marc at succotashshow.com or just pick up that phone and give Succotash a ring at 1-818-921-7212. Succotash is produced and engineered by Joe Paulino at Studio P. Sausalito, home of the hit. Our musical director is Scott Carvey. Our booth assistant is Kenny Durges. Until next time, I'm your loyal booth announcer, Bill Haywatt, reminding you to please... Pass the suck